0: is just on an entirely different level.
1: I was screaming. Lindor, his grandpa, is getting suspended.
2: Welcome, Slapstickers, to the second-ever episode of the Slapstick Sports Podcast. And now, it is my mom's second favorite podcast. So, that's up from the first episode. I'm Joey Bond, here with my co-hosts Aiden Gerbich, Ben Wanderman, and Noah Holmgren, And today we are going to discuss topics such as the NHL and NBA Conference Finals, the Mets' recent success, is Aaron Judge cheating, the Champions League Final and transfer news, and our latest takes on fantasy football. So let's jump in. Noah. So in hockey right now, the Oilers just lost in the second round of the playoffs, which is a big shock. They were expected to go far. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so I thought, I thought that was pretty shocking. Honestly, I, I, um, I said in that first episode, going into the playoffs, other than the Bruins, I thought, I thought, I thought Edmonton was, was going to be the cup champions. Obviously, it did not turn out that way. They lost to a very talented uh, Vegas Golden Knights team. Um, but Dallas is not in a good spot right now. Vegas is leading them 2 nothing. Both games being in overtime. Every single game in both conference finals has has, has actually gone to overtime, which has been unreal so far. Um, but uh, and and in the East, Florida is is just on an entirely different level. Like we were talking about last time, Florida is, has, has a has a has a has a, a three 0 series lead over Carolina, winning two of the games in overtime, and they won in the in the in the and they, 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 and last night they also won the game, one nothing, uh, with a with a brilliant shutout from 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 Bobrovsky, who's continuing his stellar play, really yeah. living up to the contract. Yeah, he's standing on his head. Yeah, really standing on his head, it's unreal. And 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 yeah. Kachuk is being is being super clutch. The uh, Barkov is playing well. Um, the bunch of the bunch of the defense on the team. So Florida's just clicking. I said last time, I think Florida is going to be the cup champs, and it's looking to be that way. They're just playing so hot right now. Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah, everything's coming together for Florida, and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Matthew Kachuk scoring both overtime goals. It's it's nuts. I'm, it's, I'm excited. Um, I'm a little nervous about the Stars, because as you guys may know, in the last episode, I predicted the Stars to win the cup, and... Right now, they're down 2-0 to the Golden Knights. Y'all said
0: Jersey's going to win the cup. You all said Jersey's going to win the My, that turn
2: out. Yeah, I haven't had such great takes recently. But I'm hopeful the Stars can make a comeback. And I think a Stars-Panthers cup would be pretty cool. And I think, I think that's the cup most people want to see, unless you're a Vegas or Carolina fan. It's not looking good for Dallas. It's looking like Vegas is definitely going to take this. Hopefully, they can maybe win the next game and make a push. But we'll see what happens. But other news, the NHL draft lottery happened recently. The Blackhawks won the Bedard sweepstakes, which is nuts because they already got Patrick Kane, they already got Jonathan Taves. They've won, what, three Cups is it in the last 20 years? And now they get another generational talent. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so Chicago won the Cup, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2010, 2012, and 2015. So just like three cups, all super recently, they've had a slew of just superstar for superstar, like you said, with with Kane and Taves and Hosa and Patrick Sharp and um, um Duncan Keith and and Brett Seabrook, just so many talented players on their team through the years. They're like they're a, they're a, a a massive market team in in Chicago, obviously, but I don't know, just so many things about the draft lottery seemed rigged to me, honestly. Just like the f- the fact that like it went to Chicago after having like one bad year, just, just um, tanking, just just clear tanking. They were trying to lose their games. It's obvious, and they they like 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 rewarded with the first overall pick, going to a big market, and and also if you if, if you watch if you're watching the draft lottery, the ESPN analyst said that said that the said that, the, um, that that the that the Columbus Blue Jackets had the third overall pick before it was even shown on TV. So, so it was clearly. I think that that kind of proved it was set up before before the actual lottery what the order was going to be, and it went to the honestly the worst possible team. Chicago was also coming off of a uh, like like off, off of off of covering up a a what's it called a a a a sexual harassment case where the entire team covered up um the the front office their the front office the management their coaches and players in the 2010s covered up a sexual a, a sexual harassment case from one of their players so it's just it's not a good look for the league when a, when they a, a team like that is just, is just given a generational superstar in Patrick Connor Bigard who who's he's going to be generational he's 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 going to be a Connor McDavid type player just scoring goals all the time helping out his teammates just he's an unbelievable player point per game. So I, I just think it's the, it's the worst team he could have gone to, but it's a, for the NHL, it's a good spot, but it's it's really not a good look.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think there were so many better options for where he could have gone. I think Columbus would have been interesting to see him play with, see Budard play with Line A and Goodrow. It's a little frustrating to see him go to Chicago. I mean, their rebuild is sped up so much right now, and like you said, like, it's just one year of tanking, and they already have another generational superstar. I I don't want to say that it's rigged because I just I don't like saying that, but it definitely looks like something was going on.
0: It 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 really seems fishy. Like like there had to be some stuff behind the scenes, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, it just doesn't look great for the NHL, but it probably is the best the better spot that he could have that he could have gone to because like like knowing their organization, they're 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 gonna be be the perfect place to. to to, to hone his skills develop in, develop him into the player he's he's projected to be and probably be another Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane type player
2: yeah I agree
0: okay and um, um, moving on to basketball which is another. Sport with the conference finals in full swing, even though both of those series are pretty much over already. Um, obviously, um, Joel Embiid in the 76ers crashed out in the second round, um, and um, which, which 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 led to the firing of the head of head coach Doc Rivers. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, and in the actual conference finals, um, Jason Tatum in the Heat. In the, Jason Tatum and the Celtics are down, th- are down 3-0 in their series to Jimmy Butler and the Heat. And, and and just yesterday, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets completed their sweep of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers. So, so, any of you guys have any takes on that? And what do you think of the, of the playoffs so far?
2: I'll, for starters, I'll say that the Heat being up 3-0 right now is nuts. Another bad take by me, and I guess by a lot of us saying that the Celtics were the team to be and that the Celtics were going to go on to win the championship. I don't think they have a chance of coming back. I don't think they're going to win another game. I think the Heat are going to sweep. It's a crazy run. I would definitely say the Heat are the best eight seed of all time now. It makes me feel a little better as a Knicks fan knowing that they're destroying the Celtics because I don't think the Knicks would have done that. So it's impressive and I I want to see them continue. I want to see if they can pull it off. And Lakers going down in four games, kind of embarrassing for LeBron and AD. I think definitely disappointing for them, but I don't really mind. I find it kind of funny actually. Yeah.
0: What 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 I what I want to know about all of this is how is 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 how the hell ESPN still 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 favors um, is. Like their 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 projection for the Celtics Heat series still has a Celtics have with a seventy two percent chance to to move on to the finals and win the series, which makes absolutely no sense to me. You're down three zero in the conference finals. No team in NBA history has ever come back from down three zero in a series, and they're and they're still given a seventy two percent chance to to move on, which is just it's blasphemous to me, honestly. So
2: yeah, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. That's it's, uh, it's
0: unreal. Honestly, it just like again, just like like the the just like just like it, it's a, it's a two seat. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's Celtics are the two seat heat or the eight seat. So if you just go off of that, you'd think the Celtics would be the better team. But 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 Jason Tatum is is really hit or miss these days. Jalen Brown the same. They, like for for both those players, they're either they're either 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 going off or, for for forty five or fifty, or you're or or barely getting twenty points. It de- really depends on each game. You can't fully rely on them. Whereas Jimmy Butler just does his thing every single game, along with Bam Adebayo and 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 Shrews and um and Gabe Vincent and just like so many players on the Heat are just stepping up right now. Where and and going going back to the other series with the with the Lakers, just LeBron couldn't do enough. Yes, in Game Four he had was it like forty two points something around there, but but Anthony Davis Anthony Davis did not step up as we've seen him he, he, he hasn't stepped up in the big moments for the lakers and yeah I mean, jokic is really unbelievable just like the 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 one shot he had in the fourth quarter just like re- got like the, the, the with a the, the shot clock wind, shot clock winding down like got back at the three point line put the shot over his head and somehow just swished it with a shot clock winding down it was just unreal really sealed the game right there sealed the series and and yeah, I don't know. And then back in the second round, Embiid is the worst MVP in the playoffs of all time. Just doesn't we've seen time after time after time after time. Does nothing in the playoffs. Just not reliable. Harden as well. And and I don't think Doc Rivers should have been fired. It's on the players. He didn't make the right adjustments. But Embiid and Harden just don't do anything in the playoffs. And I think it's time to move on from Harden, especially. And Embiid, they're not going to move on from him. Obviously, in in the in the regular in the regular season, he's spectacular, but in the playoffs, he just does not step up. And te- teams 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 know how to defend him in the playoffs, and they just lock him down. And he's he's not good enough in the playoffs. Plain and simple.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And no accountability on the side of Embiid either. After the loss in the second round, he said in an interview that his teammates got to play better, took no blame, and. You don't like to see that. You don't like to see a player who like you said, MVP in the regular season does nothing in the playoffs. You don't want to see them not taking responsibility for the loss. You want to see them saying, "I got to be better," not saying, "My teammates got to be better."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it, is the the same type of thing with with, uh, with 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 Ben Simmons when he was there. Obviously, Ben Simmons played terribly. But Embiid never took the blame out on himself. He he always passed the blame off to Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris or any of the other role players. Where where as the superstar of the team, as the MVP now, he has to be the one to step up and and to to, to 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 be the one in the big time plays and making the shots. You can't you can't rely on the on the role players. the 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 other players have to step up too. But if they don't, you as the MVP have to be sure you you carry your team to where to where you want to be.
2: Yeah. Um and I want to just quickly look at this Jimmy Butler quote that he said a couple of days ago. He when he was asked about his game plan, he said, "I think our game plan is kind of simple in the fourth quarter. If I'm being brutally honest, it's kind of like give me the ball and move. I'm tasked with making the right play." I lo- I love that. That that's such a sick quote and he's putting this team on his shoulders. And he wants it. He wants to be the leader. He wants the ball, and I love the confidence. I just, I love that quote.
0: No, yeah, yeah, it's good. It, 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 yeah. it shows him as a leader. And and like if he he wouldn't say that if if the, if, the, if the if the if the if the team didn't trust him in those moments, which it's 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 clear the coaching staff does, the players do, and if he misses a shot, the players are right there to get the rebound, put right, put, put, put put it back up and, and and into the bucket. You he 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 he. he, he, he and if he's being double or triple teamed, he's he 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 trusts his teammates to pass the ball off to them and, and to to have the open three and 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 to and, to, and, to, and to, um, uh, drain the a three. So yeah, he's 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 the complete opposite of Embiid in my opinion. Obviously d- different players, but like by leadership style, just completely different in that sense.
2: Yeah, I think it, it really shows the culture of that team. And I think that's the reason why they've gone so far.
0: Mm-hmm. And and if, if you go back to the second round, also in the with the with the with the, with the Knicks series on, on on the Knicks, you have Julius Randle saying, "Oh yeah, I don't know, I, we don't we don't really want it as much. They they probably wanted more. It's complete opposite leadership than what Jimmy Butler is showing."
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree.
0: Aiden or Ben, do you have anything to add?
1: I mean, yeah. So I haven't been following the basketball playoffs that closely, but I've been following closely enough that my jaw still dropped, knowing that. The Heat were up three nothing against the Celtics because I've just I've been seeing constantly throughout this past season. Oh my god, the Celtics are this insane team. They're going to win the championship easily. And I did watch a few games and. The Celtics did look dominant, so I, I'm also shocked that they're in this spot right now. The
3: only thing that I have to add is that I think everyone underestimated the heat and the power of teamwork, and I feel like when you have one player, like Joey said, that has the confidence to put the team on his back, but like also when you have a team around him that's so willing to like cater to his needs and the that how he gets the ball and like everyone move it's not just like everyone move out of the way necessarily it's everyone also move around for him to create space on the court
1: and ben last week how about your your comparison to i think it was julius Randle with carmelo anthony and now yesterday carmelo anthony
3: retires did you did you know something on the inside I'm, yeah so that's suspicious you know Car- carmelo and i we've been talking a lot about this recently <laughs> no but uh it's just a coincidence but it's pretty funny
2: Did the Knicks retire carmelo anthony's number
3: Ooh, that's a good
0: question, actually.
1: I think give it some time. I think give it some time. Ooh. I not, gave, not immediately. You think eventually they should? I think eventually they should, but I think it it should probably wait like maybe 10 I'm, years or so at in, least.
0: In the regular season, he was dominant, but like, but in the playoffs, he was didn't really do that much. He didn't really make the playoffs that often with the Knicks anyway, but... But he's
1: yeah. If they if the Knicks won the championship, I would say do it now.
0: He is a, um, um, um what was it called top ten all time in points in, in, in all time in regular season points in that. um. So just that alone might get him. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is another question. I think he's borderline. I could see arguments for both yes and no.
2: I think he's probably a Hall of Famer. I don't know if the Knicks should retire his number. I think I don't know exactly how long he played for the Knicks, but I don't think he played for them for that long. And a lot of the points he got, he played for a lot of other teams.
0: He was um, hold on. He was with the Knicks for for seven seasons, averaging at, averaging twenty five points per game, which is pretty damn
2: good. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. But I, I I don't know. I feel like seven seasons. It's not that much. I don't think it's necessarily enough to get his retire his number retired. How
0: about Denver? Are they going to retire his number? Oh. Yeah, I don't think Denver will. Knicks have the biggest chance of doing it. Yeah. I I, I could see them doing it, but I don't know if they should, is what I'll say about that.
1: So, now let's move on to our MLB segment. And How about those New York Mets? Last five games, they've been electric. Our last episode released on Thursday, so let's kick it off from then. They're coming off one win against the Rays, then they go and they beat the Rays again. Their first series win in a month since their Dodgers series back in April. Huge momentum switch. Cleveland comes here. It's the first time that Cleveland and the Mets are playing since the Lindor, Jimenez, and Rosario trade. And Carrasco, but he's not as important. First time since that trade. Emotions are definitely there. Lindor in this series has been phenomenal. The young guys have been great. Vientos came up. He had an incredible debut. And all of a sudden, it looks like things are different here in New York. Joey, what do you have to say about it?
2: Yeah, the Mets recently have been contrary to how they made me feel. A week ago, they've been making me so happy recently. It's so exciting to watch. That comeback game where Alonzo hit the walk-off, I was sitting on the toilet while I was watching that <laughs> game with my with the door open, watching on the TV, and I was screaming. And my family got a little concerned because I was screaming while I was on the <laughs> toilet. But I explained to them, Alonzo just hit a walk-off. It's It's been electric. I was at the doubleheader yesterday yesterday I know Aiden you're at the first game and it was just so fun to be there and to watch the Mets win and to see them play hard and like they blew the first game they blew the lead they let up they let up a two-run homer and they blew a 3-2 lead it was 4-3 and then the next inning they come back and Marte who's been struggling hits a two-run homer and they take the lead the players they need to show up have been showing up recently and like we like we said they needed to in the last episode I guess they were listening to us
1: yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they be listening? We're the most popular New York sports podcast on the planet.
0: Joey Bond's mother's second favorite podcast.
2: We are. Exactly. Maybe first next week. We'll see. But, I don't know, it kind of, it does feel like the players are listening. At that second game, I was talking with our friend Wyatt. Shout out to Wyatt, I guess. Um, and we were, set, we were we were talking about how Lindor has been sucking, and then, and then he hits a game-tying home run that same at-bat. So, it's nice to see everyone show up, and then the kids. The kids have been amazing. Oh my God. Just like just reading the lineup card and seeing all their names in it gets me so excited. And the way they've been playing, it's really it's brought the energy to this team. I know we were worried that the energy in the clubhouse would be brought down and that maybe the chemistry would be a little ruined, especially because they sent Guillaume down, but I think it's been a breath of fresh air for the Mets and it's been propelling them to win these last few games and this last two series is...
1: Yeah, and you can see in the dugout that the veterans, they're they're supporting the young guys. They, they love them. They're having fun with them. They're mentoring them too. Eduardo Escobar has been an incredible guy for Vientos and Beatty. And honestly, the one thing that's been holding the rookies back is that they haven't been in the starting lineup every day for some of them. Some of the reasoning for that has been justified, but there's also been a lot of unjustified of benching Vientos in favor of Vogelback, And I heard someone on the fan talking the other day. They compared Buck Showalter to Tom Thibodeau. Incredible regular season tenure. And the Knicks, they started the season off all right. And what changed was Thibodeau, who was known for relying on veterans, decided to make the change and trust his young guys. He started putting in his younger players to get more playing time. And all of a sudden, the Knicks are a much better basketball team and hopefully we're going to see the same thing with buck where once he stops relying on vogel and escobar these older guys and starts giving more playing time to Beatty and vientos they're going to become everyday players and the mets are going to become the playoff team that everyone expected them to be
0: as a yankee fan watching the mets i could just like like tell the 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 vibe is just completely different just like they're like my 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 um, grandpa who's a who's a really big Mets fan is like like for a while beginning of the season just like 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 not even turning on the tv to watch the games he was just like like, like sick of watching it just yep. tired he knew that but the outcome was going to be a loss Me too. so so yeah but, but 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 now I just see him with the tv on just like cheering on the Mets like being happy every time they make a hit which I've never seen before yeah and with with for like like two of you also like like um like Last week, all you're talking about it is how there's like 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 lifeless. Marte sucks, Lindor sucks, and now it's just now it's just a complete flip flop of that. And I, th- I think it does have to do with the with the with the kids. Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos are all are all looking really good. Just yeah, just being a complete change of shift in the tone and the vibe of the team. And 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 the and the and the and the, and the Yankees have been kind of the same. Hasn't really been like 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 the a uh, uh, like like kids being called up or anything. Like like Volpe is still up. He he's he started to he he's, he's playing better. But it's just been the fact of Aaron Judge just being on an absolute tear. Uh, obviously the, the there's there's some small controversy, albeit very stupid controversy. But, yeah in the in the Blue Jay series. Um, um he yeah he had, um, every single every single game this series he had a home run. He had a stretch where he where he um, seven games in a row with a home run. Seven days, seven home runs, which is just unbelievable. League leader in in the in 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 ops now and yeah he's just hitting the ball so well
1: yeah but who's the league leader in home runs
0: yeah pete Alonso but i that's not what i'm talking
1: about oh yes oh yes
0: yeah i i'd, I'd rather have i'd rather I'd rather be the ops leader honestly because that means you're actually hitting for contact also
1: but he's also second in rbis just saying okay i didn't know
0: that that's pretty
2: impressive so noah you kind of led into the question i was gonna ask the controversy Aaron Judge kind of looked like he may have been, maybe getting some help in the dugout. May have been maybe some trash can action.
0: Don't compare to the Astros. That that that, that is the worst thing you say to a Yankee fan. First of all, so I take very much offense to that. Good. Um. <laughs> The, the the pitcher admitted after the game he was he was he was he was tipping pitches so what was probably happening was was the, the, like like dugout was like telling him like what to look out for because the, the pitcher was tipping his pitches so like it's not that tipping pitch like 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 relaying tipped pitches is not is not a illegal thing it just means the pitcher like in his windup was showing like if he's going to throw a fastball curveball changeup whatever so like the dugout realized like the dep- like the position of his hands or whatever, just, like, like could, could tell what type of pitch was coming. So he just looked at the dugout to see what they were saying. And the very next pitch, he hit a home run. So if he didn't hit a home run next pitch, we wouldn't even be talking about this, but Judge is just too good.
1: So, so Judge, he may be clean, but you know who isn't clean?
0: Domingo Herman, yeah.
1: Domingo Herman. He was uh, ejected for, for sticky stuff, and I was actually not dwelling too much on the fact that Domingo Herman, who already had, like, a, a troubled career, is getting suspended again, but I was actually thinking more about the fact that when I watched the clip of the ejection, I noticed that it was the same umpire who ejected Max Scherzer, who ejected other people. <laughs> like I, It's the same umpire every single time who's doing the ejections. And I remember at the sh- at the point of the Scherzer ejection, every single Sticky Stuff ejection this season has been by that umpire. I don't know if that's changed, but I haven't heard of any other Sticky Stuff ejection, so I'm assuming...
2: I made a Sticky Stuff ejection the other day.
1: Moving on from that okay
2: <laughs> Okay, um. I think that's very interesting, Aiden. I think I think that umpire is just having fun. You know, he maybe he's just messing around, he just likes injecting people. Maybe he
1: just has different standards. Yeah. I
2: mean, maybe. I, I,
1: mean I mean for the
0: for the for the Herman incident, um he he, he actually said after the game the, the, the umpire said after the game the mangoes of Herman's hands were were the stickiest he'd ever seen. So I know if if he like 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 if 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 like 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 what, what's it called Joey was was in the dugout and he ran into Joey, but yeah. So some it was kind of obvious. Domingo Herman was using something to tell like also like in the dugout. The 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 camera of the game just like showed showed some like some like some foreign substance on his pants. That sounds really weird, <laughs> but yeah. So I I think I think I think both the Herman and Scherzer ejections were probably warranted, but. It is kind of surprising. It's been the same umpire. I didn't. I didn't hear about that actually.
1: But speaking of pitching, though, on Sunday during the Mets doubleheader, Scherzer and Verlander pitched to combine fourteen innings. Verlander, when he threw eight innings of one-run ball, didn't allow a single walk. Scherzer was great too. He threw six scoreless. And finally, it seems like the Mets starting rotation is beginning to pick up. Clark
0: Schmidt is better than both of them. No, no,
1: no. Kodai Senga, he's getting the start today, and. He was also, he threw like 12 strikeouts in his last his last outing. So that's another really big piece. It's not just on the offensive side of the ball for the Mets. It's the pitching is also finally coming together as well.
3: When, when Noah was talking about how his grandpa has just completely like changed the vibe when he watches Mets games now, I think that's going to always be the case with the Mets. I think it's going to be like a lot of ups and downs. And I think right now you're in an up and it's going to come down and you won't have the same things to say Yeah, maybe in the next couple weeks. We'll see. With the Yankees, on the other hand, I mean, they swept the Reds. Just putting that out there. I think that's... Not too hard to do, We could do it. That's
0: really not that hard to do.
3: Noah, you're supposed to be on my side for this one. I'm just saying, consistency, I think, will be seen from the Yankees. I don't know about the Mets. We'll see.
1: I mean, that is kind of the general story of the Mets over the last several decades. Just constant hope and then disappointment. Hope and then disappointment. But the vibes are definitely there. You listeners can't see it at home, but uh, when we first started this segment and I mentioned the Mets, Joey and I both had uncontrollable smiles. So things are looking up in New York right now.
0: I, I will say for the Yankees, I will, b- before we move on, I will say for the Yankees, the the, uh, the tough stretch of, of, of games you have coming up. We have a, a three-game set at home against Baltimore, who's the hottest team in the league right now. And then the 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 Padres who are slumping who are slumping right now, but still have such a talented roster full of stars. And then the and then the and then and then the 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 Seattle Mariners away, which is going to be a tough tough place to travel to. They're they they have a loud stadium. It's a it's a long long it's a long time to travel, and Seattle has a talented roster. Also, they made it to the postseason last year. So so yeah, it's going to be going to be a tough stretch of games. And then after that, it's it's the it's the it, it's the Dodgers. So. So all, all of those games are going to be very interesting and vital to see how we go for the, for, the, for the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, I agree, Noah. And I think if we were the Mets, that would be concerning to me. But because we're the Yankees, I think it's going to be okay. You know what else is okay? Actually, it's more than okay. It is the greatest sport ever. Football, otherwise known as soccer. Football is live. And now we're going to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> Noah, why don't you kick us off?
0: Okay, so obviously the, the Champions League semifinals, have come and gone just like Joey Manchester City played Real Madrid and just like Ben and I wanted to happen Man City moved on to the final defeating Real Madrid for nothing in the second leg which is absolutely unbelievable no one saw that big of a scoreline coming just like Joey yeah so so Man City played insane Holland is honestly insane and just the entire, um, Rodri and Mahrez, just the entire team is just completely clicking on so many levels. KDB. And yeah, so just like, like, defeating Real Madrid like that is just like unheard of. You never see that happen nowadays. In the Champions League especially, which is crazy. And AC Milan versus Inter Milan. Inter Milan took took care of business pretty handedly.
3: Back to what you were saying about Manchester City how, like, people didn't really see, like, the 4-0 coming. I will say you sort of predicted it because you were saying how Man City, in their games, they tend to tie with a low score. And then when they go back to the Etihad, all of a sudden you see, like, way higher score lines.
0: I called it.
3: That, That was definitely shocking to me when they did that to Real Madrid. I think... This Man City team is just so dominant. I mean, they they recently won the Premier League too. I think this stat line just goes to show you: within the last six Premier League seasons, they've won five, and the and the the one that they didn't win, they came in second. So it's not like that a bad season. It just shows pure dominance over the league, and it's not just like it's any league; it's the Premier League, which most it's a
0: farmers league. <laughs> it turned into a farmers league. Is most yeah,
3: most would argue that the Premier League is the hardest league in the world, and the fact that like they were able to do that is just crazy to me and i think i think they're going to win the champions league i think they're going to win the fa cup i think it's going to be a treble and i think pep is the one to think for that yeah no
0: definitely it's i mean i i i do i definitely do think man city are going to win the champions league but i don't think you should like like, like inter milan is still going to be a tough team for them to face i did like like everyone's like oh yeah man city has, has won already there's no point in playing the final like there obviously is it's soccer it's soccer anything could happen We've seen it time and time and time again in the Champions League.
3: I agree with you. I think I think Inter are definitely gonna put up a fight. I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people. Another thing that surprised a lot of people was the fact that there were monkey chants being thrown at a player named Vinicius Jr. on Real Madrid in their recent game against Valencia, which I think that's kind of a big deal. I the problem with me talking about this, I hate Real Madrid and I hate Vinicius Jr., but I think that no fan has the right to just like throw racist insults at players like that, and I think that like it's just so unnecessary. You know what I mean?
0: No, yeah, it's it's absolutely terrible. And we if, if, like this entire this entire this entire season has been happening to him. Yeah, to 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 We're like like he he goes like 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 any every single away team has been just like calling him racist chance, and and it's terrible. And the he's 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 he's, he's talked to the league about it so many times. And they just haven't done a single thing about it. Whereas, like, like, so, just like, it, yeah, like, for for us to talk about as 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 white guys, I feel like it is kind of different because we, we like like we actually haven't had that happen to us, so we don't know what it's like. But but still, it's just it's awful, and I feel like the the league obviously has to do something about it, which they haven't done. All they've said is like, "Oh, we're sorry that this happened to you, and we'll try, and we'll kick the fans out of the stadiums." So that, that's not enough. Like I don't know what what they could do, but there is definitely more. There's definitely more to do, and it's up to them to figure out what they could do to make sure it doesn't happen again. Because it's not it's not right that 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 for for Vinicius, he's such a talented player. Like 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 like, you know and I hate him be, 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 because he's so damn good.
3: And also, even if. If it was something about a lack of talent, which it isn't in this case, yeah, people can criticize players all they want about different aspects of their game, but this has nothing to do with how he's playing. This is just insulting his character for no reason.
0: Yeah, it, it, I just had the thought that like it's kind of like in, in 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 like the the episode of 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 of, 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 of what's called Ted Lasso from a couple of weeks ago, when the I don't want to give any spoilers if anyone is still watching the show, but it, but there's a player who's 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 who. Who's um, um gay in the show and a fan a fan is yelling at him and, and and calls him a a homophobic slur and and the rest of the team comes to his defense and like and go and and go and confronts the fan and like it's a whole mess but but yeah you just, you just can't do that Because because soccer players football players are are humans too they they have feelings they have emotions so you you can't just talk to them in the same way you you can't just treat them as if they're they 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 they, they don't have any emotions or feelings.
3: Yeah, I agree. And also, you did mention that like you feel like the league has to do something about it, which I understand the outrage and wanting the league to do something about it. The only thing is, it is very difficult as a league to just control the fans. And I feel like it's almost maybe more on the fans to behave themselves a little bit better than to say racist slurs. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion.
0: In a, in a, in a dream world, that's how it would go. But that's obviously not how it's going and it's happening consistently everywhere they go so like it's it's not it's not it's not it's not just one place it's all over spain all all all, all over all over the 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 world it happens to to the black players
3: you see it in syria all the time it is commonplace which is the fact that that's the case to me is like kind of ridiculous i just feel like the fan culture needs to change a little bit no yeah it definitely does actually not even a little bit yeah
0: um um transitioning away from that to to more to more to more more uh, exciting and happy uh, soccer news. I will say soccer because it has to do with with the, with the U.S. U, United States men's national team. Um, we they have they have acquired F- Fuller and Balogun, a former British international player who's now a American international player who has scored twenty goals in the French league for 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 Wren. He is an absolute baller. He's only nineteen or twenty years old. He's going to be the United States starting striker for years to come. I am over the moon with them with them making that switch i've I've wanted him to switch. I've been campaigning for him to switch for the past couple of months now. I've seen his highlights he he is insanely good he's he's a he's the first american player to in a top five league to score to to score twenty or more goals so just like like that alone shows shows how good he is in a in, as a, as an American you never see that in top five leagues especially.
3: So. Yeah, I mean, he's just a quality player, and I'm really glad that the U.S. has gotten him now. The only thing is, like, people might be overreacting a tiny bit because I don't think one player can necessarily carry the whole team. I mean, like, unless it's, like, Messi. But-
0: I don't think he, he, he has to carry the team, though, because, because like, like in 2026 especially, our players are going to be... We're going to have so many, like, 24, 25, 26-year-old players... Coming into their prime, like like Pulisic, McKenney, Tyler Adams, and um, um and just so many so many good players in the top five leagues.
3: I definitely agree. I just feel like Gio Reyna. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. To me, the U.S. right now, it seems like they're like they've keep taking more steps in the right direction. I can't see them like being dominant anytime soon, but I can definitely see them pushing further than they've ever gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what I definitely think would be a great test is that, in for the twenty twenty four or maybe twenty twenty five Copa America, United States are are are, are actually, actually going to be going to be going to be playing in the Copa America, which I think is going to be a great test for them to play against like like Arge, the Argentinas and Brazils of the world and and just like to to see how they stack up against them, in the Copa America because like I don't think we're gonna win the Copa America obviously. Because like I said, Argentina and Brazil are going to be playing and, and the two of them are the main favorites. But, but to see how we play against them, how we play against the South American teams, we, because most of the times when we play, we, we, have, we have to play against, like, the, the, the best team we have to play against in, in, in CONCACAF is, is Mexico and Canada. And neither of those teams are good or, or like, like competitive in the, in the World Cup that often. So to have the opportunity to play against the South American teams who, who have so many talented players, it's gonna be a great test for us, and, and depending on how we do in that, will determine my confidence level going into the 2026 World
3: Cup. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like uh, I feel like South America is just such a strong football country, and I think if the U.S. can prove themselves in that, then they can prove themselves in anything. But I guess we'll just have to wait and find out if they're able to do that. Yeah,
0: I really hope so because it's been it's been it's been building up to this for a while. Obviously, 2018, we we, we couldn't even qualify for the World Cup, which was just like heartbreaking and terrible for the country and then 2022 we made it we got out of the group stage but we had tough luck of playing it of playing the 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 um, netherlands in the round of 16 we're never going to beat them especially that year but 2026 we're going to be home because it's going to be hosted in united states mexico and canada so we're going to have our home crowd behind us like i said a b- bunch of their bunch of our star players coming into their their prime so i'm yeah i'm excited for, for the world cup coming up
3: yeah me too i'm definitely going to see some of those games because it's going to be in the u.s so
0: yeah and now we will transition over to 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 the to to the Gerv ball to talk to us about to tell us some uh, to talk to us about fantasy football or just any happenings and rumors and rumblings in the
1: nfl So not quite NFL news, but I thought this is a bit of an interesting prospect. Joey and I, for about a week now, we've been doing a 32-team fantasy football dynasty league. We are very excited about it, and we're going to talk about it for a little bit. So last week or two weeks ago, we had our our team draft. I was gunning for, for Giants or Bills. Of course, Joey had the first pick of the 32, and he took the Giants, so not too happy about that because I wanted them but I ended up not picking until 30th so I'm stuck with the Houston Texans and then in the actual draft I had the 31st overall pick but Joey you picked fairly early what'd you do yeah
2: so first of all very excited to get the Giants I got obviously very lucky to get the first pick and I knew I would piss off a lot of people I assume most of the people are from New York so I was surprised the Jets didn't go until like in the 20s I think that was interesting the actual draft, I had the fifth overall pick. And so it's a super flex league. So there's no quarterback slot. It's just you have a super flex and then wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, or one tight end, and then two flexes. And especially in a dynasty league, quarterbacks are very important. So with my first pick, I was between Justin Herbert and Justin Jefferson. And I decided to go with Justin Herbert. A quarterback that was going to last me a long time, a lot of years. Hopefully this league will stay running for multiple years. And did you have your first pick yet?
1: Yeah, I've actually made three picks.
2: Oh, I did not realize that.
1: Yeah, I was picking 31st. Originally, I tried to trade up to get Jalen Waddle. I had like this whole money ball trade scenario set up. And then one guy was being impatient, which bothered me a little bit. So instead of waiting to just get like the the okay from one co-manager, that's all I needed. Like 15 minutes and I would have had the deal done. didn't happen. I ended up taking T Higgins at 31. And then a few picks later, I took Chris Olave. Chris Olave. He's other than Josh Allen, he's my favorite non-giant in the NFL. So I'm thrilled to have him. And then so it's third round reversal. So I would also have the second pick in the third round. But I, I saw that 16 quarterbacks were off the board, maybe 17. So originally, I was going to go for like just a lower end quarterback and maybe like the fifth or sixth round to satisfy my needs. But uh, the more I looked into it, originally I hated it, but I thought that I needed to get Daniel Jones. But I thought that taking him in the early third round would be a bit of a reach, so originally I tried to trade back. But then all of a sudden, I think the 23rd pick in the second round, uh, someone reached for Kirk Cousins. And then there was a lot of chatter in the in the league chat about how the, a run of quarterbacks is going to start. So I just figured, you know what, you got to do what you got to do to get your quarterback, just like the Giants handing him that $160 million contract. So I traded up and took Daniel Jones.
2: I, I made two picks. I picked Justin Herbert, and then in the second round, I had the 28th pick, and I was looking for a receiver, and there were a lot of guys I liked. There were guys like Michael Pittman, Quinton Johnson, Jameson Williams, Traylon Burks, DJ Moore available. Uh, The top guy I was looking at was Michael Pittman, you know, with Anthony Richardson now. At quarterback, I think he's going to be a great player. He's young. I think he's only 25. And I was looking to trade back a few picks, but I couldn't really find anything. I didn't really feel like waiting that long to see if anyone else would offer, and I didn't really feel like holding up the draft, to be honest. So I went and I took Michael Pittman, and I'm happy with that pick, and... This is exciting. This draft is fun. I wish it would go faster.
1: Oh my god, it's taking forever. It's,
2: it's an 8 hour clock to make your pick. And I guess it's because there's just so many people. It's just impossible to get like everyone together. And we also just kind of wanted to start it and get it over with. So it's taking a really long time. It's been like a week and we're only in the third round.
1: I wish it was a, a 4 hour clock. That would have been a lot better.
2: Yeah, but, but it's been fun. And it's exciting, and if anyone listening has any fantasy takes or advice, let us know, because we're, we're new to this. We don't really know what we're doing. We've never done a 32-team dynasty league. I've never done a dynasty league at all. I don't know. Have you, Aiden? No, I have not. Yeah, so new territory. It's exciting.
1: Yeah. There's also been a lot of uh, rule changes announced uh, recently in the NFL. One regarding Thursday night football. Players were upset about it. And it was a bit of a shock when 24 of the 32 uh, owners voted against this rule. Uh, the rule was uh, that... Voted for the rule. Voted for the rule. John Mara actually was very against it. So what the rule was is, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was in like the last few weeks of the year, the team, the league is allowed to change around who is playing on Thursday night as long as they give a 28-days notice. But from a fan's perspective, it's kind of annoying, because what if you decide before the season, oh, I want to go see the Giants play the Bills on Thursday night football on December 13th? I don't know. I was just making up days. But let's say they want to do that, and they're looking forward to this one game for months and months, and then all of a sudden it's changed to Sunday, and you aren't available that Sunday. That's really annoying. So... I mean, I, I'm personally against this rule. Um, and just recently, like a few minutes ago, another rule was announced, introducing a fair catch on regular kickoffs within the 25-yard line. Not major, but I feel like it takes away like a little bit of that initial excitement at the start of a game when you get to see your guy run
2: back. What's even the point of that? I
1: don't know. I'm,
2: I'm confused. I feel like that would make... um. What's this? squib? Scrib like kick. squib kicks yeah. like irrelevant is that just is that the point
1: I don't know I've only ever seen those used in Madden <laughs> so I
0: mean I mean honestly the 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 the, the Thursday Night Football rule I really don't like that I don't like that rule yeah, just for for the reason Aiden said, and also uh, and also for the players, just like playing on Thursdays is like 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 a short week for the players. It's just such a short week, like like playing on Sunday and then turning around and playing on Thursday. If you have to it, like like twice in the same season, possibly also, which I just think is is like is for player safety, is just the most idiotic thing they they could have done. And I don't know for the kickoff rule is it's a it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a one year trial, so like it's not gonna it's not necessarily going to stick around for a while. It's just, uh, it's, they're just trying it out for this year. And like, I don't think it's for script kicks because, because like if they do a script kick, you, 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 you can't call a fair catch on a script kick. So just like, it's like, it's just for regular kickoffs. And I just, th- I think like it just used,
1: unless it's a bad script,
0: That'll kick. that would be a, an atrocious script kick. But yeah, I think it's just mainly just like, it's kind of taking the purpose out of having a, like, 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 like a, a kickoff returner or, or, or a punt returner. Like, 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 the like, 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 most fun plays in football to watch. Like, it's super exciting to watch, like, like, like a 105 yard kickoff return. Like, I love watching those, but, but like, it, it seemed it seem to be like, like more and more irrelevant in today's football, honestly, which is kind of sad, but like, I do kind of get it.
2: When is someone going to use a fair cash on a kickoff? You're either going to take a knee in the end zone, or or you're gonna you're not going to do a fair catch if the kick is at the one yard line. I
0: mean, it's the I mean, I mean, the, a, a fair catch on a kickoff is the same exact thing as if you catch it and then take a knee in the end zone. The right. Same exact I
2: thing. just don't. I don't understand. Whatever. It doesn't sound like it's going to affect anything.
0: Yeah, no, probably shouldn't. And um, and I don't know. Talk and just quickly talking about the Jets, Rogers in practice. Just like like every time I see him in a Jets jersey and helmet, I just like I I just smile. Like I still can't believe Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback.
1: Rightfully so. Yeah,
0: no, it, it's amazing. It, it just makes me happy every time I see it. The only thing that would make me over the moon right now is if you could actually sign Quinn and Williams, because at the at the OTAs and the voluntary in the voluntary workouts, he's not there because he's holding out for a new contract. Um, Robert Sala said said he he he's 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 actually really confident a deal is going to be done. So I'm really hoping for that because Quinn Williams is one of my favorite players on the Jets. And um he's so talented, all pro all pro multiple times, pro Bowler multiple times. so yeah, just I, I love him. his personality is amazing. just, just, just like, like like has, has like su- such a good smile every time he, he he sneezes and he blessed himself. so anyone <laughs> anyone who does that is like, I want him on my team. so yeah,
2: I, I know I know
3: Bed does that that is so not true. I never do that. in fact, I actually, bless you thank you. Um, usually I... I don't
0: know what that was but uh, anyway um, yeah so once they sign Quinn and Williams I will be very happy with the Jets offseason happy, happy about the draft happy obviously with the Rogers trade so yeah things are looking up as we said last week for both teams in, in East Rutherford and yeah it's going to be a fun season
3: Like you said, Noah, I mean, you're very happy with a lot of things, and we're very happy to all of you for listening. Aiden, want to take it away.
1: Yeah, hope you enjoyed. If you strongly disagree and you think we are complete idiots and have no idea what we're talking about, you're probably right. But let us know so we can discuss and share the podcast with your friends. We would really appreciate it. Even if you didn't like it, share it anyway and tell them to listen to this awful podcast because it's
3: it's a win-win situation. If you're not subscribed to Substack, then go check it out at slapstick.substack.com. Make sure to slap down your email and get all the sports content you want and need the moment it comes out.
2: The show is written and produced by me. I'm Joey Bond. Is edited by Aiden Gervich, Ben Wanderman, and Noah Holmgren. The show is mixed by Ben, is marketed by Aiden. Our social media is done by Noah, and our advisor is Ariel Disablack.
1: We are hosted on Substack, and we record on Squadcast.
0: Thank you all again for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for the next installment as we continue to discuss the hottest stories in sports. Be sure to check out my interview with Chris Colbert, the founder of the DCP Entertainment and co-founder of Podium Studios. That was our previous special episode, so be sure you go check that out. See you all next time.